Hey everyone, good morning, Pastor Brendan Witten here, and I wanna welcome you once again to Toronto City Church and our online worship experience. We have in-person experiences happening here on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. And so we definitely wanna invite you, if you have the opportunity to come in for an in-person experience, to definitely do so. But we're also gonna be continuing strong here with our 11 a.m online worship experience. Now, a couple things just very practically I wanna mention today. First and foremost, as I said last week, we really are still working towards being able to live stream our, our live experience. That's just, that's the direction we want to head. We have a lot of the gear in place now, but we really need to continue to build our team. So if I can just put a plug in here right from the start, if you're watching this and you'd love to volunteer, you'd love to be involved, maybe you've got a background in video or audio, or you're just passionate, you'd love to learn about those things, we want you to join that team because we just need some more people in place so we can properly live stream the experience. And until we get there, I'm gonna keep coming to you live from our studios. And so we wanna do that. The other thing you'll notice today is that we have moved fully to church online. And we're not doing the, the the this service like it's not this worship experience is not coming to you directly via YouTube. Now it will be posted on YouTube after the fact, but just in this season we want to consolidate and bring everyone together on Church Online to create the greatest opportunity for interaction. Church Online is a great platform geared especially towards churches, and it really gives us some opportunities just to connect and to, to minister to people. And so if you're watching and tuning in, awesome. If it was a little uh, confusing for you this morning because you're used to be on YouTube, we uh, just apologized in advance. We tried to get the word out regarding it. But I definitely want to encourage you, like, you know, get in the chat box, uh, you know, just, just connect, you know, and if you like just watching, you don't like typing, feel free to do that too. And so we're just really on some practical elements. We're, we're excited about what God's doing this season. We're excited about God's taking us. You know, last week it was so amazing. Um, we had, you know, just great engagement in our in-person experiences and also here online. And so we're just really thankful and we're excited and we're full of vision pushing forward to the future because what we're doing here online is just as important to us as what we're doing in person. And so I also want to say one last thing before I, I jump into my message portion is if you're planning to connect regularly online, maybe it's because of where you live or maybe it's because of another life uh, circumstance, can you let us know? Because we want to start to get a feel over these next several weeks as we're moving forward in this new format of who's online, who's staying, you know, who's coming back in person. And so just we, we'd love to hear from you. Just update us, let us know what's happening and let us know what's going on. Now, today we are going to be continuing our series entitled hello my name is but what I wanted to do first is we're, we're gonna open in prayer we're gonna commit this time to the Lord but I also want to take a moment for us to not just pray into this message but also to pray into what's happening in our nation tomorrow because we have a national election now I know you guys have heard me share about this before but I really believe so strongly that as Christians we have a responsibility regarding our nation you know, sometimes people have this perspective as Christians and, well, you know, it's just a lot of wickedness in the world, so we just need to not, you know, we just need to stay out of it. And that's just, that's not what the Bible teaches us at all. But we actually have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to pray and we have a responsibility to vote. And so I want to just encourage and call on every member of Toronto City Church. I know there's been advanced polls and I've seen that many people have gotten out and voted already. So amazing. But I really want to encourage you. First and foremost, let's be praying into tomorrow. Let's be praying into what's going to be happening in our nation. We are really trusting and believing God. And we are in very critical times, as I'm sure each of you know. But I also want to encourage you to get out and vote. 
And when you get on vote, here's what my encouragement to you is. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Right? A lot of times people wonder, well, how should we be voting? Or we should vote this way or we should vote that way. The biggest thing in my mind is as a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. And, and when I go to vote, I don't just want to vote for who I think needs to be in power or who I think is a good idea. I really have a responsibility to pray and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, how would you want me to vote? And so I really want to encourage you in that. Because, you know, sometimes all of us come from different, uh, you know, different backgrounds and different experiences and maybe different preferences. But as Christians, we need to move all that to the side and we need to follow what the Lord is saying to us. So let's pray, let's get out and vote, and let's be led by the Holy Spirit when we are voting. And I just want to share one more thing on that. As I'm voting, here's something I really want to encourage you to pray into. For me, you know, there's many different issues that are key in this election. There's many different things that are happening. But one thing I'm really zeroing on on prayer, and I'm also zeroing on my voting, is in the area of religious freedom. And I believe more and more, even as we continue to move forward in these days as Christians, we've got to be very, very aware and cognizant of the freedoms that we have to worship, the freedoms we have to teach the Bible, the freedoms we have to uh, to practice our faith and to, to share the gospel. Now, I know someone might be saying, well, I don't think those things are under threat in this election. And while there's nothing that is happening right now that maybe is directly going to take some of those things away, there's a lot going around these areas, guys. Remember, everything moves incrementally. It starts small, and then they add a little bit more, and they add a little bit more. It's kind of like the, the frog in the pot of water. It just gets a little hotter, a little hotter, a little hotter. And there's a lot happening behind the scenes. And so pray, be led by the Holy Spirit. But if you're looking for, you know, what, what, what should I really be looking at? I'd encourage you, one of the key things to do some research on and to look at is looking at religious freedom and who is going to be protecting religious freedoms and for what we've called to. So let's pray into that and then in, I'll kind of combine a prayer into the message and then we'll dive into our teaching for today. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you so much for this opportunity. We have to be here to connect uh, virtually, God. Obviously, lots of people are getting together physically today as well. But I just thank you for every person that's on the other side of the screen for me right now. I thank you so much for their life. I thank you so much for their heart for you. God, and I thank you so much that you want to minister and speak to them today. And today, we just agree right now. We agree regarding these elections tomorrow. God, we pray that your kingdom will come your will be done. God, we pray that you are working in our nation, that righteousness will be established. And Father, even as every person goes to vote, God, that they will truly be led by your spirit regarding how they are to vote. God, it's not just our own will, our own ideas, but we want to know what you're saying. And I thank you for speaking and making this very clear for every single person. And so Lord, even as we uh, you know, we just, we trust you with that. We believe you with that. And even as we move into the word today, we thank you for speaking to us and encouraging us. God, even as we're in this series, Hello, My Name Is, and we're talking about knowing you and making you known. God, that we are just going to be stirred and encouraged and inspired today regarding our walk with you and regarding living out our faith in the world around us. And so we thank you for this in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed with me, said, amen. All right, so Hello, My Name Is. 
If you were with us last week, if not, you can go back and you can watch it. Remember, we talked about this series. We're not just going to be doing it for two or three weeks, but I really feel we're going to cover the entire fall with this series. I feel like God is doing something very specific and very significant at this time. But we really talked about three key focuses during this time. Number one, hello, my name is. It's, you know, it's like an introduction. It's meeting someone. And I believe the first thing in the season is it's a season to meet with God in a fresh way. It's a season for us to encounter God in fresh ways. And that's really, to me, that's the biggest part of what we fall. We need fresh encounters with God. Our world needs fresh encounters with God. We don't need religion. We don't need routine. We don't need to just be going through rituals. We need encounters with God. And so this season is about a season of encounters with God. Number two, though, we also said this season is going to be about reconnecting with each other. You know, now again, you may still be online. Many people are coming back in person. Obviously, uh, you know, society-wise, things are opening. There's still restrictions. Yeah, there's a lot going on. But in the middle of this, that we would be intentional about really connecting with each other. The, the Bible says they will know we follow Jesus by the way we love one another. But how can we love each other if we're not connecting with each other? And so we want to take time this fall and really ask the Lord to help us to grow in reconnecting with each other. And then last but not least, we want to grow in introducing people people to Jesus. You know, hello, my name is. Can we introduce Jesus to people who don't know him? Because we're in a world right now, guys, the harvest is right. There's so many people, even over the last 18 months, that so much of what they put their faith and trust in has been, you know, proven to be false or has not met their needs. And they're searching, they're looking for answers. Will we be those who introduce people to Jesus? You know, we talked about even last week, coming back to the basics of knowing God, and making him known. Come on, where you are right now, I just want you to say, know God. And I want you to say, make him known. And what I wanted to do today was I just wanted to take some time to dive into some more scriptures and I'm really believing for the Holy Spirit to flow so powerfully today, even where you are sitting right now, wherever you're watching this right now, the Holy Spirit will be touching you and the Holy Spirit will be speaking to you. And I wanna zero in on this whole concept again of knowing God. So we really talked about what, 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 what's the point? What are we all about? What are the basics? We say we want to know God. We want to make him known. And I believe this is going to be a fresh rallying cry for our church. We want to weave it into everything that we're called to do. You know, it really, it's, it's the essence of being a rescue ship church. You know, we talked about how we're not a cruise ship church, but we're a rescue ship church. We don't want to be cruise ship Christians, but we want to be rescue ship Christians. Cruise ship churches and cruise ship Christians are focused on comfort, are focused on, you know, vacation, uh, you know, what's best for me, what's easiest for me. But when you get on a rescue ship, you're, you're there, not for yourself, but you're there to help reach others. And so the essence of being a rescue ship Christian, the res essence of being a rescue ship church is this rallying cry, cry that says, know God and make him known. And so we're diving deeper in this. And then right at the base of it, even into making him known, we can't make him known if we don't know him. And so everything starts and everything flows out of knowing God. You remember I said to you that there is a big difference between knowing God and knowing about him. And I just want you to ask yourself once again today, do I really know God or do I just know about him? Do I know God? Do I have this real growing, intimate, real relationship with a real God? Or am I just riding on the coattails of someone else's relationship with God? Am I riding the coattails of my parents' relationship or my spouse's relationship or you know, my, my kids' relationship? Whatever you say, are we riding somebody else's coattails or are we truly pressing in to know him? 
Family, I believe that God is calling us to put a fresh focus on knowing him. It is vital for the days we're in, and it is vital for the days that we are coming into. Knowing about God is not going to cut it in the days we're coming into. But as we said last week from Daniel 11.32, the people who know their God shall be strong and shall carry out great exploits. Come on, somebody say, know God. Come on, somebody say, make him known. There is a call to go deeper in knowing him. Guys, there's a call. There's a call for you today. There's a call for me. There's a call for us. And this call from God is saying, come deeper into knowing me. Come deeper into walking me. Who will answer this call? Let's, let's talk a little bit more about this call to know him. I want you to go with me to Philippians chapter 3, 7 to 14. So this will be a little bit of a longer passage, but there's just such power even in reading the word of God. And so let this word just wash over you as I read it to you. And this is the Apostle Paul writing to the Philippian church. And he says this in verse 7. He says, But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may, might know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal of the prize, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, just several things I want us to reflect on from this passage. First, I want you to see in verse 8 where the Apostle Paul says, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. You know, what really hits me from this verse is when he talks about the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Do you know the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus your Lord? Are you growing in this surpassing worth? Does knowing him have surpassing worth to you? You know, when you talk about surpassing worth, I mean, to me, this phrase just speaks of like, it's so valuable. It's so important. It's, you can see from just the way the Apostle Paul is writing, this is the most important thing. The worth of knowing Christ Jesus surpasses everything else. And you know, the, the challenge that I guard against in my life, and I encourage you to guard against your life, again, we get so used to some of these phrases, and they no longer carry, like, strength and meaning to us. So, you know, someone say, well, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? And we kind of think that just means I've prayed a sinner prayer. You know, and then we kind of reduce it down to that. Now, I'm thankful for the sinner's prayer. I'm thankful for salvation. But knowing Jesus Christ is more than just praying a sinner's prayer. Knowing Jesus Christ is a daily walk. Knowing Jesus Christ is a daily journey. And the Apostle Paul was saying, this is worth more than anything. Knowing him, right? Walking in this intimacy with him, walking in real relationship with him is more important than anything else. And I think one of our prayers today needs to be this, guys. Lord, help me to understand the surpassing worth of knowing you. Because you know what I found in my life? And you know, I'm sure probably is the case for most of us. I don't really understand how much it's worth. I don't, 
understand it. I've been given it, I've gotten it, but I take it for granted too many times. I don't truly understand the worth. See, the more you understand the worth, the more your passion and your focus is to know him. Can you join me today and can we just pray and say, Lord, help me know the surpassing worth of knowing you. You know, if we jump to verse 10, it says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection may share in his sufferings, becoming like him into death. So once again, we see the apostle Paul comes back, verse eight, that I might, the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. Verse 10, that I might know him. And he kind of starts to dive a little deeper, know the power of his resurrection, sharing his sufferings. Right? You know that when you suffer for the Lord, when you suffer, and, and there's all kinds of different things. Sometimes we think of suffering just like, I don't know, we think about being crucified or beaten or, or you know, some terrible persecution. But there's many different ways that we uh, suffer to follow him. But what's interesting is there's the connection that when you suffer and you, you take that step of faith, maybe the suffering is you know, get, getting persecuted in your workplace or the suffering is, hey, I, I could have done this and done that, but I chose to do what God wanted for me and it was temporary. I mean, there's so many ways we could talk about suffering, but here's what I want you to get. When you do that, expect that your depth of relationship with him is going deeper. Expect that you're going to know him even more, even becoming like him into his death. I mean, there's a whole lot we could talk here. But, but I mean, I, I may in future messages, I think we could just break down this verse and spend a whole, a whole message talking about that. But here's why I catch. He said that I may know him, right? So, so we see this once again. He's saying that I might know him. There's this surpassing worth to knowing him. He says that I might know him. You know, it's interesting. One thing that even as I was just reading through the passage that said, you know, that really stood out to me. He said, but, uh, we're, we're, let me just find it here. He said that by any means possible, I may obtain the resurrection of that. Not that I've already obtained this already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Is your relationship with God your own? Right, guys, this is part of what I think God's calling to many of us. We are too often living off the fruit of someone else's relationship with God instead of getting our roots deep into our relationship with God. Make it your own. Come on, somebody say, make it my own. God is calling us to make it our own in a fresh way this season, because when it's your own, nothing's going to shake you. When it's your own, nothing's going to pull you away, right? If it's somebody else's fruit, you can get pulled off because it's not really your own yet, but God is calling us to make it our own. And the last thing I love from this passage is about one thing I do forgetting what lies behind and straining towards what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward caller. One translation that I grew up reading says the high call of God in Christ Jesus. Now here's the question, what's this high call? What's this upward call he's talking about? Well, in the context of this passage, it's very clear that to the apostle Paul, the upward call, the high call was knowing Christ Jesus, right? It wasn't just doing something for him. And I'm sure you'd agree with me if there's Anyone out there who did a lot of things for the kingdom of God, the Apostle Paul would be right near the top of the list. I mean, he wrote the majority of the New, I mean, or a good chunk of the New Testament. I mean, he, he man, he, he went through so much. He did so many things. He played such a key role in the establishment of the church and his writings and his life affect us even to this day. And yet in the middle of all, the high call to him was not what he did. The high call was pursuing and pressing towards and going in to know him. Why? Because he understood, number one, that that was where the surpassing worth was. And this is where I believe the Lord wants to renew our minds because so often we see the surpassing worth in either things that we do or things that God does for us, but heaven sees the surpassing worth in knowing him. 
and everything else flows out of that. Let's look at another passage. Let's go to Jeremiah 31, 33 to 34. And Jeremiah 31, 33 to 34 says this, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sins no more. Now, obviously, this passage out of Jeremiah is speaking prophetically. It's, it's a messianic passage because it's speaking about what Jesus is going to do. And, and, and when Jesus came and he died and he rose again, it moved from outward laws to God doing this work in our hearts. And I love this part of the verse where God said, I will put my law within them and I'll write it on their hearts. Family, God is after your heart in the season. God is after my heart in the season. Where is your heart before God? You know, it's like when uh, Samuel said to Saul in 1 Samuel, he said, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And I believe that God is looking at our hearts today and he is searching. You know, another passage said, behold, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the world, seeking a person uh, uh, whose heart is perfect for him, towards him. Seeking someone who can show, on behalf of whom he can show himself strong, whose heart is perfect towards him. God is looking at our hearts. And my prayer is that each one of us will have hearts for him in just a, a, like a fresh heart for him in this season. That we would have this heart to know him. You know, even today, as I'm just sharing this message right now, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit is just moving in your life and he's stirring a heart to know him. That's why when the great commandment, Matthew 22, 37 to 40, you shall love the Lord God with all your heart, right? It starts with our heart. Where's your heart today? God wants to do heart surgery inside of each one of us. He is after our hearts. Will we allow him to have our hearts in this season? And will we allow him to grow what he's doing in our hearts? You know, I, I, last part from this verse that I love, it says, and no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each brother say, know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest. Emphasize that part, they shall all know me. They shall all know me. We will all know him from the least to the greatest. God's heart is not just that there would be some pastors, some really spiritual Christians, some really spiritual leaders that would know him. No, God's heart is that we would all know him. Come on, somebody right where you are right now say, God's heart is that I would know him. And you're watching today, it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for just a few weeks or you've been a Christian for 50 years, God's heart is that you would know him. There is no discrimination in the kingdom. There is no uh, second class Christians. He said, I'm going to put my law in your hearts and I want to bring it to a place where all of you can know me. You can get to know God as much as you want or as little as you want. It's up to you. But he wants us to know him, right? Come on, somebody where you are right now, say, know God. Say, make him known. Let's look at John 17, verse 3. Again, today, we're just going to walk through some scriptures and let the Lord speak to us from his word. John 17, verse 3 says, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. 
right? So let's break this down for a few moments. First of all, I love this word eternal life. That actually comes from the Greek word zoe, which refers to the God kind of life. It doesn't just mean living forever because we all live forever. We're eternal beings. When the Bible talks about eternal life, it's talking about the God kind of life. It's talking about the God quality of life. It's talking about this rich, full life, spirit, soul, and body that is only possible when you are connected to him. Right? So this, this is powerful stuff. I mean, this is a huge biblical concept. And you start going through, and, and whenever you read eternal life, start understanding this is the God kind of life. It changes the way you read that scripture. But it's interesting, because watch what he said. He said, this is eternal life. Now, I don't know about you, but I think this is eternal life, that you're going to go to heaven. Or this is eternal life, that you're going to be healed. Or this is eternal life, that you're going to walk in the power of God. Or this is eternal life, that you're going to have righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. But it's interesting, he didn't say any of that. Now, I could argue all those things can be connected to our eternal life, but here's what he said. This is the essence of eternal life, that they might know you. That they might know you. Again, this is Jesus speaking to the Father. This is the essence of eternal Zoe life, to know him. And this is the call in this season, guys. It's the call to go deeper into eternal life. It's the call to go deeper into what he has for us. It's the call to know him. See, eternal life is knowing God. See, again, I, even as I was studying for this, we've got we've to renew our mind because we just, like, I guess the only way I can think to put it is we just don't see knowing God as that important quite often. Like, yeah, yeah, okay, I know God. Yeah, you know, it's good to know God. You know, Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior. And yet Jesus is saying, this is eternal life to know God. Right? Like, it, it's, it's, it requires a paradigm shift for us, a massive paradigm shift into how precious it is to know him, the surpassing worth of knowing him. It is eternal life to know him. But all of that, that eternal life is knowing God, but eternal life also flows from knowing God. This is the dynamic now. See, I said it earlier in the message, but we tend to put a priority on what we get, right? What God gives us, what we do for God. That's where we tend to put our priority. We don't even mean to. I think part of it's just the way we are culturally. It's probably just our human perspective. But see, heaven doesn't put a priority on much as what you get. Heaven puts a priority on who you know, right? Knowing God, that's where the surpassing worth is. Uh, that I might know you, right? This is eternal life to know him. And I want to encourage you today, take some time and just let the Lord speak to you even this week. Where, where am I putting a greater emphasis on what I get or what I do rather than who I know? Because here's the key, guys. When you know someone, you get whatever they have. Right? So often we're pursuing. You ever so said, let's pursue God's, like, it's not just pursue God's hand, but let's pursue, you know, seek his face. It's not just seek his hand, let's seek his face. That's the, the phrase where it goes. And I know some people are kind of a little churchy and they're like, well, what are you talking about? But here's the whole point is you can try and get something from God or get God to do something for you. But if you just dive deep into knowing him out of relationship, you have access to everything he has. When you know someone, you get whatever you need. You know, remember in Luke chapter 10, uh, 17 to 20, when Jesus tells disciples, it says, the 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall ever hurt you. I mean, powerful stuff, right? But he says, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven right? Rejoice in relationship. 
Rejoice in the fact that you've been made right with God, which opens this door to relationship. That's where you need to find your joy. Don't find your joy in the power. Don't find your joy in the, the authority over the enemy. Even though these are great things that we should be thankful for, find your joy in relationship. Come on, somebody where you are right now say, no God. Come on, somebody say, make him known. You know, it's amazing. God saved us. He could have made us his servants. He, 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 there's so many things, but he chose to adopt us as sons and daughters, which I think heaven, angels, everyone still marvels at to this day. Because what did he do? Watch it. He invited us into the closest relationship possible. And with your children, they have access to your inheritance. That's what he invited us into. Let's rejoice in that. And let's dive deep in knowing him. Come on, say it again. I get you saying a lot today, but say, no God. Come on and say, make him known. One last verse today as we bring this to a close. James 4, verse 8. I'm going to read it, part A. It says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. And this is the word I want to, we're going to pray into this in just a moment, but I want to bring it close. This is the call in this season, guys. It's the call to know him. It's the call to know God and make him known. But see, here's where it starts. It starts with you and I having the heart to say, I'm going to draw near to God. Right? That's the call. Who will draw near? Who will draw near to him? And I love it because that's the call to draw near. And here's the promise. He will draw near to you. Every step you take towards God, he's going to take a God-sized step towards you. The truth is, family, we can be as close to God as we want to. And there's no second-class Christians. It doesn't matter how long you've been in faith or whether you did this or whether you did this right. No, God just says, I want you to know me. I, I'm your father, and I have a wide-open door. He, he is, you know, he's omnipotent. He's, he's omniscient, and you can draw near to him. Now, sometimes people rest this go, what do you mean draw near to God? Isn't God already with us? God's already in me. What do you mean draw? But here's the, it's the difference between positional and experiential, right? Positionally, we're near to God. We used to be far off. We've been brought near by the blood of Christ. But in our experience in walking with him, you've seen it, I've seen it. There's people who walk very close with God and there's other people who are very distant. That has nothing to do with their positional reality, but has everything to do with their experiential, uh, their, exper their experience with him. And God wants us to bring us to encounters. He wants to bring us into fresh experiences, but he's looking and saying, who will draw near to me? Who will draw near to me? Not just on a Sunday at church when that's what you're supposed to do or in an online worship experience, but who's going to draw near to me every day? Who's going to get up in the morning and draw near to me? Who's going to set aside time on their lunch hour to draw near to me? Who's going to take time in the evening to draw near to me? Who is going to draw near? Guys, and this is the call. This is the heart of God in this season. And I just want to encourage you, challenge you, plead with you. Let's answer the call to draw near. Let's answer this call to draw near to him. I love, in closing, the Passion Translation of this verse. It says this, move your heart closer and closer to God, and he will come even closer to you. Remember I said earlier, God's after your heart? God is after our hearts, guys. Will we answer this call to move our heart closer and closer to him? Because his promise is he's going to come closer to us. But who will answer that call and say, okay, I'm going to move my heart. Lord, you have my heart. I want to love you with all my heart. Remove anything from my heart that is distracting or is pulling me away from you. I want to give you everything I have. Move your heart closer and closer to God. And he 
will come even closer to you. Will you answer this call to draw near? I want to. I'm believing too. I'm going after this in Jesus' name. I know Pastor Sharon and I, we're going after this. I believe there's so many people in our church family are going after this. I want to encourage you, join us in going after this. Join us in pursuing him in a fresh way. Join us in moving our heart closer and closer to God. Join us in answering the call to draw near. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we come before you today in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice, whether they're watching this when it's first streamed, whether they're watching it later in the week, whether they've stumbled on this video at some point on, on YouTube and they're just watching this. But God, I pray that we will hear the call and we will say yes to the call. And we will be people that draw near. Come on, where you are right now. I want you just to, I know you're, Maybe you're in your bed in your pajamas. Maybe you're on your couch. Maybe you're, you're watching this you know, while you're on the bus going somewhere. But I want you just to put yourself in a position to receive. Often I like to close my eyes, just raise my hands. But I just want you to take a moment with the Lord. Create an altar where you are right now. And just say, yes, Lord, I'm going to draw near to you. Remember, family, we can be as close to him as we want. But we need to move our heart closer and closer. And then his promise, he's going to come closer to us. And that's what this season is all about. That's really what our faith is all about. We're always going to be about this. We're going to know God. We're going to make him known. And then the people we make him known to, we're going to teach them to know God and to make him known. And know God and make him known. What an amazing life to live of knowing the God of the universe and making him known. And so, Father, we thank you for this. Do this work in us. Dive, work deeply in us, God. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed with me said, amen. Amen, amen. All right, well, it's been so good to be together. Before I log off here, I do want to give one more opportunity. There may be some people watching and you're not right with God. You've been hearing about this drawing near to God, knowing God, and you realize, I don't even know God. I've never met him. I would love to introduce you to him today. See, the Bible teaches us that God loves us with an everlasting love, but we've been separated from this love because of sin. Because of sin, we deserve eternal judgment, right? Romans 6, 23 says, the wages of sin is death. I'm not just pointing the finger at you. It's me. It's all of us. Because of sin, we deserve eternal punishment. We deserve eternal death. Now, that's not where the verse finishes, though. It says, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God has a free gift of salvation for anyone who will ask him for it. And when you have this free gift of salvation, he forgives you. He sets you free. He fills you with your spirit. And you literally begin to walk with him. You begin to walk in the Zoe life. In this life, but also in that to come. And so I just want to encourage you, if there's anyone watching, you know, sometimes people are like, well, I, I know I should do this, but I'm going to wait till tomorrow. Please don't do that. I've said it many times. Uh, but the devil doesn't have to get you to say no to Jesus. He just has to get you to say not today enough times. Don't say not today, but if you know God's calling you, hear the call, draw near to him, and he will draw near to you. And so if that's you today, what I want you to do is I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you came for me. Thank you that you died for me. Thank you that you rose again. Today I turn my back on sin, and I commit my life to you. Fill me. Forgive me. Free me. I want to follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 
Now here's what I wanna ask. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, there's a button that's flashing up just in the chat box right now where you can click and someone can be available to pray with you right now and just to take some time. We wanna just encourage you in this decision. So please, would you give us the honor of just being able to pray with you? Click on that button right now. That would be so amazing. And so anyways, we wanna bring things to a close. It's been so good to be together. Obviously, it's been fun being in person, but we're also really excited about what God's doing here online. So thank you for joining with us today. So awesome. Gentlemen, please remember uh, this coming Saturday, we've got our men's breakfast. The ladies had a great event yesterday. We've got the Brotherhood and Bacon event coming up this Saturday. We're gonna have Brotherhood, we're gonna have Bacon. It is going to be an amazing time. And when we speak of drawing near, let me say one last thing. I really want to encourage you, mark down October 4th to October 8th, because we are gonna have a week of seeking God together as a church family. Really felt like in September, we had to kind of get back into the swing of things, get back meeting, obviously it's back to school, but we wanted to have a week of prayer, a week of fasting, a week of seeking God. And so if you wanna go online, you can sign up for more information. We're gonna have daily video devotionals. We're gonna have prayer calls in the evenings. We're gonna have a all church prayer on the Friday, Friday night. Obviously space will be limited, so you'll wanna sign up early for that. But we're gonna have that from October 4th to 8th. And so it's really just part of the spirit of what we're talking about. Will we draw near individually, but will we we draw near corporately. And so I really look forward to seeing you there. Let's also continue to pray for these elections tomorrow. Get out, vote, be led by the Holy Spirit. Let's believe God for his work in our nation. We love you. God bless you. It's been a huge honor to spend time with you today. Have a great rest of your Sunday, and I look forward to seeing you soon. All right, thank you so much for joining us today at Toronto City Church and our online worship experience. I hope you guys had a great time. We'll be here every Sunday at 11 a.m. and in person at 9 and 11.30. Now, as we look forward to the week, I want to remind you of several things. Number one, make sure you join a connection group. We have a number of options throughout the week. You can definitely find one that suits you. Uh, we also have daily prayer calls that you can get involved with. Uh, if you need more information on that, please contact the office. We'll be happy to provide it for you. Uh, if there's anything we can do to serve you, please just let us know. Okay, and then on a special note, uh, we want to invite all of the men to our Bacon and Brotherhood Gathering next Saturday, September 25th at 9 a.m. This will be a great opportunity to connect and build a community with like-minded men. Guys, who doesn't love bacon? Uh, you can also find out more information and register online. Uh, thank you again for joining us today. Have a great week. And always remember, we are called to know him and to make him known. God bless. Oh, and before you go, check out our weekly announcements. Talk to you guys soon.